0: This is Living Stories, featuring voices from the collections of the Baylor University Institute for Oral History. I'm Louis Maze. In the years leading up to the attack on Pearl Harbor, the majority of Americans had no interest in war. The carnage of World War I was still fresh on their minds, and many in America argued for a position of isolationism. But feelings dramatically shifted on December 7, 1941, when the Japanese took America by surprise. Lifelong aviation enthusiast Dick Cole graduated from Kelly Field in July of 1941 and was assigned to the 17th Bombardment Group in Pendleton, Oregon. He describes learning about the attack on Pearl Harbor during a stop his squadron made at March Field in California.
1: When we arrived at March Field, Colonel Peck gave everybody what they called open post, which meant that we could go any place we wanted to go as long as we were back by midnight on Sunday night. Everybody went to Hollywood and we were in the Hollywood Plaza Hotel. When I heard about it, I was up and getting dressed and the phone rang and I had to be down in the lobby at 10 o'clock for to get a bus to go back to March.
0: After the attack, Cole's squadron began patrolling off the west coast for Japanese submarines.
1: They worked on a grid map and we would fly so far out and then turn around and come back and go back and forth. Nobody in our group or squadron ever saw anything, or we saw a lot of whales. Brick uh, Holstrom, who was one of the Raiders, was in the 95th Squadron. He, they were up at Everett, Washington. He sank a sub in the Straits of Juan de Fuca, but the rest of ours was just looking at the water. <laughs>
0: George C. McDowell, who worked in Army Air Force ordnance during World War II, was stationed at Bowman Field in Louisville, Kentucky in late 1941. He recalls when he heard about the bombing.
2: I remember we had a, there was a big party the night, about 6th of December there, about 9 o'clock in the morning, I got a phone call. Said, My wife was going down to visit her folks down Fort Sill. So I got a phone call and said, have you turned your radio on? I said, no. I said, well, turn it on. <laughs> And about noon, I got a call from the base to come out there. And Jingle Willis Jones had the whole staff out there. He says, I remember he walked out and says, Gentlemen, today we go to work.
0: (laughs) McDowell explains his first impressions about the news.
2: I wasn't quite comprehending what it, what what it, they they didn't say all the battleships had been sunk or anything like that. They just said the Japs had struck and were attacking.
0: On December 8th, President Roosevelt delivered his famous Day of Infamy speech to Congress as well as to the American public over the airwaves, and less than an hour later, Congress declared war on Japan. Though devastating, the attack did not bring about the widespread long-term damage to the U.S. Navy that the Japanese had hoped for, and most importantly, the Japanese unintentionally united the American people like no politician could have done. Living Stories is heard every Tuesday, Wednesday, and Friday on 103.3 FM, Waco's NPR. For more information about this program or the Institute for Oral History, visit us at baylor.edu slash livingstories.